0: I do
1: this song this morning. this dark and dreary world, Lord. I don't want to stay. Walk with me through this valley This old world with all its beauty, I know cannot compare what you have.
2: Amen. Wasn't that wonderful? If you have your Bibles, look with me in the book of Jude. The book of Jude. It has been a good morning in the Lord. Thank you for the singing. Thank you for everyone who has stepped up to take the place of. We have a lot out today. We had to replace some, but I tell you, God is blessed again. And uh, when you look at the the lowest of your days and you still feel the house, uh, God is doing something. And uh, this is as low as we've been in a long time, but we still got a pretty full house here. And I thank God for that. And I think it just shows what God wants to be done. And uh, next Sunday, when we come in here, we are going to have a groundbreaking service for our uh, new auditorium. We're fixing to break ground right behind us here on a new sanctuary. God is already doing amazing things. Uh, But next Sunday, come prepared for this after service. We're going to all go back to the back and we're going to circle around that piece of property and we're going to pray for the grace of the Lord upon that piece of property. We're going to pray for His hand of protection. Uh, there's going to be a lot of folks working on this building and we don't want anybody hurt. We don't want anybody hurt. We don't want anything done that is outside of the will of God. And we're going to claim His blood upon this Piece of property, and we're going to pray for his protection. We're going to pray for his provision. We're going to pray that God take care of this. And so remember this. Remember this committee and your prayers. And I want to ask you to remember church camp. We're taking about 50 of us to Bog Springs in the morning, and we're going to get these kids outside of the television. They're going to go a whole week without watching TV, and it's going to be good. They're going to go a whole week without having an iPad and an iPhone and I this and I that. We're going to get off of that. We're going to go worship. We're going to get away from this world. And I promise you, I promise you, we're going to bring some kids back saved. I believe that God's going to save souls this week. God's going to work this week. Pray, 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 pray. We're taking over 40 kids this week. Pray for these sponsors. They need your help this week. They need the grace of the Lord upon them. God's going to do great things. Stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Jude The book of Jude in verse 22 Just have verse one verse here in Jude and of some have compassion make making a difference And of some have compassion making a difference this is a command from the word of God to us that us as servants that we would have compassion Making a difference. We are called to have compassion making a difference. If we never have compassion, we will never make a difference in this world. We will never make a difference. We are to have compassion to the poor. We are to have compassion to those who are struggling, to the sufferers. We are to have compassion to those who are sick, but most of all, we are to have compassion to the lost. And when we have that compassion as God has called us to have, we will make a difference in the community in which we live. The Greek word compassion means to show mercy, to have the desire of relieving the miserable, to show kindness by helping. Child of God, we ought to have the desire to relieve the miserable today. I want you to look in Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, while you're still standing. And in verse 11, Luke 7 and verse 11, And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. Dear Heavenly Father, as we look at the subject of compassion this morning, There is no greater place than to look to your son Jesus, who everywhere he went had compassion upon the sick, upon the suffering, upon the lost. And dear God, as we pray and we seek for us to have compassion, that we can make a difference in our community, we look no further than to Jesus for the greatest example of a man who has had compassion, Dear God, it's compassion that drove him during his earthly ministry. It's compassion that led him to Calvary. Dear God, he made a difference in our life. He made a difference in our life because when he looked at us, he had compassion. He had pity upon our state. Lord, he looked at our condition and said, that's not good enough. And he did something to make a difference in our life. Thank you for that compassion for us. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you upon that verse in Jude. Have compassion making a difference. Have compassion making a difference. Folks, we will never make a difference if we don't have compassion. Compassion is simply having pity. It is looking at the circumstances of an individual, looking at their condition and have compassion upon them. As saved people, we ought to be moved by the condition of others. If you can look out and you can see your community and you can see them hurting and you can see their need and it does not rip your heart out, something is wrong. If anybody cares, it ought to be God's people. If anybody is concerned about the poor, it ought to be us. If anybody is concerned about those with cancer and sickness and disease, it ought to be us. If anybody cares that somebody is hurting in Ashley County right here in Hamburg, Arkansas, it ought to be us. And the only way that we're going to make a difference is if we have compassion. As we see their need, that our hearts begin to break to the point and to the place that we do something about it. It's not good enough to sit back and say, look at what they need. Look at what's going on in their life. It's not good enough to say, well, this is what they need. God wants us to have compassion to the point in place that we are moved by their need. That when we see their need, we do more than talk about it. We do more than just pray about it. But that we actually get to work and we do something to fulfill the need of those who are in need. And as we think about that, as we look at that, there's no greater example than Jesus Christ who looked at a group of people, who looked at humanity, and he saw our needs. May I tell you the reason of what he did, why he did, and all of that is not because of my last name. It's not because of what family I come from. It's not because I'm worthy of it or because uh, I I, I deserved it. He, He does it because he looked at my need and he had compassion And praise God, he made a difference. You know why he made a difference? Because he saw my need. When I was unworthy to reach up, bless God, he reached down. When I was unworthy to to be called the sons of God, when I was the sons of men, he came to me and saved my soul. And he had compassion upon me. Aren't you glad He's a compassionate God? Aren't you glad as we try to make a difference in our town, in our community, may we look to Jesus this morning as the greatest example of of compassion? I want you to notice, number one, that Christ shows compassion to sufferers. As we look in Luke chapter 7. We see a lady that is the widow's son. Uh, The the widow's son has passed away. We see a lady who has lost her husband and now she has lost her son. Jesus is in town. Jesus is there and he's working and he's doing. And I'm glad that no matter how busy Jesus ever got, he was never too busy to help somebody out. Aren't you glad? Sometimes we're so busy, we can't help people out. But aren't you glad that Jesus was never busy? I'm glad that Jesus is not so busy that he can't stop to help us. And as he was there that day, this woman came and her son was dead. And the Bible said that when he saw her, when he saw her, this woman, this mama was weeping. This mama had problems. And when Jesus saw her problems, it moved the master. And I'm glad that when we have problems, it still moves the master. I'm glad that when people suffer in this whole world, that it still moves him to do something about it. I'm glad that he doesn't just sit back and say, hmm, look at that woman. Look at what she's got going on. If she will be faithful enough, if she'll do this, if she'll do that, that's not what he said. The Bible said that when he seen her weep, he had compassion. And he had compassion to the point in the place that he made a difference. Friend, when you see somebody's need and it moves you to the point that you make a difference, friend, that's what God desires out of us. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad that Jesus, when He sees our suffering, that He is moved by compassion and He makes a difference in our life. I'm telling you, there is suffering going on in this old world. Everywhere you look, there's suffering. Everywhere you look, there's cancer. There's disease. There's those trials. There's those fires in our life that we carry in this whole world. I'm telling you, if you're suffering this morning, if there's anybody that cares, it's Jesus and Him crucified. So many times we think nobody cares. Jesus cares what's going on. The Bible says that He is moved with compassion when we suffer. Every time that you have something going on, you understand this. God cares about you. Anytime that you have a loved one that passes away and you're in this great need and you need help, I'm telling you, Jesus is going to be there because He has compassion over the sufferers. I'm telling you, every time that you feel like you can't go forward anymore, Jesus is going to see your need and He's going to be moved to the point and place that He's going to do something about it. May I tell you, we do not suffer today because of God. Quit blaming God for your suffering. I get so sick of people hearing, well, this is what God did to me. Let me tell you something. God doesn't tempt us with evil. If your loved one died, don't blame it on God. Hold on, let me say that again. If your loved one dies, don't blame it on God. Quit blaming God for all the bad stuff going on in your life. It is absolutely pitiful how we blame God for all the bad stuff. We don't give Him credit for any of the good stuff, but we give Him credit for all the bad stuff. Let me tell you something. God's not the reason we suffer. Sin's the reason we suffer. God's not willing that any perish. Do you realize that when God made us, He made us in, in the place that we wouldn't die? God didn't want man to ever die. He didn't want us to ever have sickness. He didn't want, he didn't want fire ants on this earth. Hello? <laughs> he didn't want us to have briars and, and all of this stuff. He didn't want us to live that way. But man has brought that upon himself. God's not the reason we're suffering. Our sin is the reason we're suffering. The curse that is upon planet earth is the reason that we're suffering. But I'm telling you, God didn't get you into this mess, but I promise you God will get you out of this mess. And God will see you through this mess. Quit blaming God. God, why'd you do this to me? And go to God and say, God, I need you. I hear it all the time. Well, I'm not going to church because God did this. Friend, if there's ever a time to run to God, it's in the time of need. When you are at your lowest, He will be at His best. Because when He sees our need, He has compassion over us. To the point point in the place that He makes a difference. Aren't you glad when He sees our need that He knows everything going on in our life? He knows every hair on our head. He knows everything about He knows you better than your wife does. He knows you better than your mom or dad does. God knows everything about you. And God cares today. And God's got enough grace. God's got enough mercy. God's got enough strength to get you through anything that you're going through in life. I'm telling you this is not a hard sermon today. But I'm telling you there's nothing too big or too small that God can't take you through and get you through this morning. I'm telling you I don't know why God laid this message on my heart. But there may be somebody here who's suffering, who is down and is low. And you just simply need to hear that God will pick you up this morning and see you through the hard times. Child of God, I don't know your life, but God knows every hair on your head and He calls you by name this morning and he knows what's going on and he's telling you if you'll just come to me I'll make a difference I'll make a difference aren't you glad God makes a difference aren't you glad prayer makes a difference aren't you glad the Bible still makes a difference aren't you glad Jesus still makes a difference he makes a difference today I want you to look in Matthew chapter 15 Matthew chapter 15 Not only does Christ show compassion to suffer, but He shows compassion to the saints. Matthew 15 and verse 32. The Bible says, Then Jesus called His disciples unto Him and said, Now listen to this, I have compassion on the multitude. Aren't you glad He has compassion on the multitude? Because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat and I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. He said, the Bible said, Jesus said, I have compassion on the multitude simply because they have continued with me For three days, their faithfulness to me, they've been here, they've been sitting here, they've been relying upon me, they've put their faith in me, and I promise you, Jesus said, that I'm going to have compassion and they will not leave me hungry or thirsty. That when they come to me and they depend upon me, I will feed them and I will give them drink. I'm telling you, I'm glad that God still has compassion upon his saints. I'm glad that God has not cast us off. I'm glad that God, that when we get saved, he says, here you go. You just do what you need to do and do your best getting through. I'm so glad that God still has compassion on the multitudes. I'm glad that he has compassion for those who stay with him. I'm telling you, I've got three wonderful, beautiful children. I love them with all that I have, and they're my responsibility and i they're to my responsibility to the place that they shouldn't leave my house hungry they shouldn't leave my house thirsty they shouldn't leave my house without clothes on they shouldn't ha- leave my house in need i am their earthly father and i'm to tend to their every need what kind of father would i be that if my kids left their ha- left their house and my house with needs with needs isn't it sad when kids leave their home and not everything is tended to Man, isn't that sad when when parents just fail to fulfill the responsibility that God's put in their life? I'm telling you, you get to the house of God, you get to the fellowship of God, and I promise you, you won't leave hungry or thirsty. I promise you, if you'll stay with God and you'll walk with Him on this earth, He will never leave you hungry or thirsty. He'll fill you every time. He'll give you everything you stand in need of. And aren't you glad that they stayed there three days? You say, preacher, how long does it take? You stay there every day. It doesn't matter if it's three days, thirty days, three hundred days, or thirty thousand days. You keep on walking with Jesus and I promise you he'll, you'll never walk away from Him hungry and thirsty. You can go to this world and you can give your life to hobbies and jobs and everything else and you will be starving to death. But you give your life to Jesus and He'll take care of your every need. He will have compassion upon you and I'm telling you you can't outserve him you can't outgive him you can't outdo him I promise you when you think that you have exhausted the riches and the grace of God you better hold on cuz it's just now getting good Amen I'm telling you you cannot exhaust the goodness of the Lord you say preacher why do you walk with the Lord because I can't afford not to walk with the Lord you say, preacher, why do you give so much to that to that Bible and to Jesus? Because, friend, I can't do it without Him. I can't do it without Him. I can't raise a family without Him. I can't pastor a church without Him. I can't live for Him without Him. I can't be the dead and the husband that I need to be without Him. Because as long as I'm walking with Him, He's going to take care of it. He's going to take care of it. Aren't you glad He has compassion on the saints? Look in Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. I'm not preaching anything difficult. I'm just preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That He has compassion. He has compassion. That when He sees our need, bless God, He has compassion to the point point in the place that He makes a difference. I'm telling you, Jesus makes a difference today. Jesus can make a difference in your life. Jesus can make a difference in your family. Bless God. Aren't you glad he has compassion to the saints? Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1 and verse 40. Christ shows compassion to sinners. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, saith unto him, I will. Be thou clean. When this man with leprosy came to Jesus, he said, Oh, that you could clean me and make me whole again. And he said, I will. The Bible said that when he seen the condition of this man, that he was moved with compassion. That he was moved with compassion to the point in the place that he reached forth his hand. And that same hand that was on the waters that calmed the raging seas, that same hand that's been upon planet earth from day, from day one, is the hand that touched that sinner that day. And that man was made whole. Don't you fall asleep on me this morning. Look here. Leprosy is a picture of sin. And all through the Bible, when we look at a man that was eat up with leprosy, it is a picture and a representation of sin that man wasn't just eat up with some disease he was eat up with sin and in the book of Leviticus it gives us all about the law of leprosy and what to do when there's leprosy and they were to go before the priest and the priest were to look at them and decide whether they had leprosy and there was laws and there was days set aside that they had to set them to the side and if they realized they had leprosy they had to separate them from society they were alienated they were separated they put them in the their own place, they could not dwell with everybody else because they were unclean. They were unclean. When they were going through the process of determining whether or not they had leprosy, the the Bible says and tradition tells us that as they were walking in the streets, they were to holler out, unclean, unclean, unclean. And at that point and at that moment you had to get away from them. They were only allowed to be so close to people. I believe it was 50 foot that they had to keep between them and everybody else. This was a disease that ran deeper than the eye could see. Oh, it covered the outside but the worst part of it was on the inside. I'm telling you this disease was a horrible disease. It separated those people. It made those people suffer. I'm telling you people with leprosy was cast into another place and nobody liked them, nobody wanted them around and they had a serious issue and a serious problem may I come to you this morning and tell you as humbly as I can that you have a serious problem and your serious problem is sin you have a sin problem and I have a sin problem And just like leprosy takes over a man, sin takes over a man. And because Adam sinned, sin fell upon the face of the earth because of one man's disobedience. We're all made sinners. And every one of you this morning is a sinner. You say, preacher, I didn't come to this church for you to tell me I'm a sinner. Well, I'm sorry, but you're a sinner. I didn't tell you you were a sinner. God told you you were a sinner. And at the end of the day, we have sin. And it is just not on the outside but it's on the inside. And that sin has alienated us. That sin has separated us from the fellowship and the glory of an almighty God. May I tell you we may not all be lepers but we're all sinners today. And you say, well, I'm from this family. It don't matter how much money your family's got. You're a sinner and we all come short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter your last name. It doesn't matter your job title. It doesn't matter your place in society. We're all... on level ground today. And the Bible says that we come short of the glory of God. May I tell you there's a line in the sand. It's not Republicans on one side and Democrats on the other side. It's saved and lost. It's clean and unclean. It's born again and dying and going to hell. May I tell you it's not about political division. It's not about society division. It's about being divided because of sin. Sin's an issue. Sin's a problem. And sin has to be taken care of. And way back yonder from the foundation of the earth. God looked down upon my sin, brother Hayden, and bless God, he had compassion, making a difference. Oh, he saw the sin of Josh Ellen growing upon me, and he said it's not good enough for him to live that way. Oh, I want him to be clean. I don't want him to die and go to hell. May I tell you, God's not willing that any perish... God doesn't want anybody going to hell today. You say, man, there's, God has sent so many people to hell. God's never sent a man to hell. God never wants anybody to go to hell, but He wants everybody to have eternal life. Because when God looked down upon the sin of man, He had compassion making a difference. Bless God, I didn't need a surgeon. Hello? I didn't need a philosopher, I needed a Savior. And bless God, he gave me the best he had. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't rule out. He said, I'm going to give him the very best. I'll give him my only begotten son. I love you today, but you're not getting Connor from me. But God had compassion enough that He gave us Jesus, His only begotten Son. And He came to this world and lived 33 perfect years. And He did nothing but love and have compassion upon everybody. He healed the sick. He made dead people get up. Amen? Man, wouldn't that be an awesome funeral to go to? I guarantee you Jesus made a difference. And they killed Him for it. They hated Him for it. Herod and Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. He's perfect. He's without spot. He's without blemish. People said, crucify him, crucify him. He went into the Garden of Eden. He said, oh God, oh God. He started taking our cup that day. let this cup now pass from me. Isn't that wonderful? He drank our bitter cup. And the Bible said that he began to sweat as it was blood. The stress, the sin, the bondage of humanity fell on Jesus. And he went to the cross. He was crucified. And he died a death that is beyond any other death. And at the end of it all, his blood was spilt. And he died. They did not kill him. He laid down his life freely. And he said, Father, unto you I commend my spirit. And Jesus died that day. And they took a barred tomb and they took his body. You say, preacher, why was it barred? Because he didn't plan on staying there very long. Because three days later, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. Now, there's no reason for anybody to walk around unclean. You may not have leprosy, but you got sin. And your sin needs to be dealt with. And that day on Calvary, the judgment and wrath of God upon sin was laid upon Jesus. And he spilt that blood... And that blood was sprinkled upon the mercy seat to ever suffice the mercy and wrath of God. God was satisfied with Jesus. And He still is. I don't know about you, but He made a difference 2,000 years ago. And bless God, He's still making a difference today. If you're here today and you say, Preacher, I feel like if I died right now, I'm going to hell. Jesus can make a difference today. I'm telling you, Jesus will save your soul. You've got sin running through your veins. You've got sin running through your blood. But I'm telling you that Jesus is the remedy for your sin. It doesn't matter if you're suffering today. It doesn't matter if you're a saint today. It doesn't matter if you're a lost sinner today. Jesus looks at you and He sees your needs. And I promise you, He has compassion Making a difference. Making a difference. Wouldn't it be good today if somebody realized they were lost and they said, I've had enough of this and I'm going to give my life to Jesus. And wouldn't it be good to see somebody saved today? I know it's 4th of July weekend and I know we're supposed to be down and low and everybody's gone, but friend, God's still on His throne and He still has compassion. Making a difference. The only reason that I'm any different than anybody else because He's made a difference in my life. <laughs> if you're here this morning you've never been saved, I pray the conviction and the moving of the Holy Spirit of God upon your soul. Because there's a holy, righteous God looking down from heaven said, I've done everything for you. All you got to do is receive me. All you have to do is accept me. Oh, but God, I've been a church member. God's not impressed by your church membership. He's not impressed with your baptism. He's not impressed with your works. But He's impressed with the finished work of Jesus Christ. I'm so sick of hearing these church stories and these membership stories. Friend, we need to quit worrying about church membership and worry about citizenship. And I'm telling you, you can be a church member all day and not go to heaven. Well, bless God, the only way you're going to get to heaven is through a personal relationship with Jesus. Your work never be good enough, but His is. Be saved today. If you're here, God's moving, God's working in this place, and maybe you just need to fall on these altars, say, God, I need you. He'll have compassion.